Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here. And Jessica over here, and we're so excited to chat with you guys today. This episode's going to be good. I like how you created this analogy between 90210 and writing. I know, kind of random, right? But Very. I think it's interesting for our listeners. Totally. So this is mostly like your story, so I'm going to let you do most of the talking. That's fine, but I'm curious. Did you watch the show? I didn't. I didn't. And I think it mainly is I'm just a different like age group. I think I'm like four years younger than you. It right. wasn't really I watched Dawson's Creek. Oh, oh I too. We should do an episode about that one day. I we love should. That. <laughs> um, so I totally watched 90210 growing up, but I was thinking about this. I watched it probably like later because when it first came on, I was really little and it was definitely not appropriate for me. Like, I remember my parents saying like, absolutely not. You can't watch that. And then by the end, we were like one of those families where we all watched it together and my parents were into it. Like it was a good show. Um, and I did become obsessed. Like I had a 90210 board game. I would like, Oh my gosh. Magazines and learn about all the actors and actresses. Like I was into it. Yes. So this is actually really interesting. This is the tie-in to literary analysis. So this is something I learned from my, like, I don't want to say research about 90210, but my reading <laughs> of 90210 over the years. Your fandom of 90210. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, so when the show first came out, I think it was like 1991 or so, it, it didn't really do that well the first season, which kind of blows my mind now because when I rewatch it, like it was a really good first season. Like it was juicy. There was good stuff going on, but that first season did not do well, had a low fan base. And what I read was that Aaron Spelling, he was like the director or the producer of the show. He decided to do something kind of um, unheard of at the time. And instead of taking like a summer break or a summer hiatus from the show, he put forth new episodes. So it was one of the only shows that ran all summer long or all year long, I guess you could say. And if you are a diehard fan of the show, you know that like they had this whole like storyline in the summer where they worked at this beach house in Malibu. Like it was, it was good. Wait, I have to interrupt. Is yeah. that the beach house that was in Manhattan beach where we used no. to live? Oh, oh my okay. gosh. No, that's where, uh, oh, now I'm going to really sound like such a diehard. Fan. <laughs> and Donna lived and David, I think when they were in college, different beach house, gotcha. like a country club they worked at. Got it. Okay. So he ran the show over the summer. And what happened in the fall was that all of a sudden there was this huge fan base and he became like the, or it became the number one show on Fox. And I think that's really cool. So he grew his audience by doing something different and he found success with the show. Whereas a few months prior, like it was not looking good for that show. So here's the tie in to middle school. We right now as teachers, kind of teach writing in isolation, right? We like have a season like a TV show where you do your expository writing or you do your narrative writing or whatever it is, and then you're done. You take this long break, kind of like television shows did. Now, I know it's really different now because we, you know, binge watch our content, but if we can be like Aaron Spelling with 90210 and make our writing seasons go longer, make them continuous like he did with the show, we're also going to find success with our writing programs. So that's like our, our main point right now is you don't want these isolated seasons or units of writing. You want to continue it all year long. And we've and talked, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I know we've talked about this with narrative writing recently, like a couple mm-hmm. months ago on the podcast episode, how narrative should be woven in throughout the school year. We kind of gave like a, a scope and sequence overview on the podcast of, you know, how you could incorporate that. But, you know, when we're talking about writing here, yes, it's all types of writing, narratives, expository, et cetera. But really, I mean, you and I are, are diehard literary analysis writing fans. Like that is the key. And so I think that, you know, taking that concept, I'd love to dive more into literary analysis writing, like being the foundations of what you do in your classroom to make it work like what Aaron Spelling did with 90210, that you're constantly teaching it or you constantly have that in front of your students. And I think, you know, what the problem is that sometimes teachers face and that we hear, right, all the time Mm -hmm. from teachers when we do our pop-up Facebook groups and our free master classes and things like that. It's, I just, I don't feel confident in teaching writing or, you know, I have so many different sources. I don't know what to teach when, you know, it's just hard to have like a clear plan. And right. so when we feel that way, we don't feel confident about something. It's one of those things like you just want to get it over with, you know, right. And just get it done. Imagine doing it all year long. You're like, Ooh, that one's done. Okay. I take a breather. Yes. So yes. Kind of advocating against that and saying, no, that's exactly why you need to keep doing it all the time. Yes. Long. Yeah. So even if you're feeling, you know, I don't have the confidence to teach literary analysis all year long, you know, I urge you to, to maybe think differently about that. You know, maybe you feel not confident teaching it all year long because you haven't taught it all year long. You know, think about when you are learning a new skill or you're doing something new at the gym and a workout, like the more you practice it, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. So not only your students getting better at writing, but you become a better writing teacher as well because you're practicing that skill as a teacher um, right. all throughout the school year. So go ahead. Just to be clear, when we're talking about literary analysis writing, for us, that's writing that has a clear claim. There's evidence to support that claim, premise, justification. So when you're able to use a simple framework with that type of writing, it does become much easier to weave it into your curriculum all year long. Yeah. So it's not like, I don't want you to think you're literally teaching about claims all year long. (laughs) Like that is not the case at all. And I'll give you just kind of an overview of what we do. You know, we start the year off, Jessica and I actually differ on this. Jessica starts with narratives and then goes into literary analysis. I start with literary analysis and then go into narratives. So, you know, whatever works best for you, but we each spend, you know, six intense weeks introducing literary analysis writing, which is what we call our EB writing approach. That's just our curriculum that we've developed. And so we spend those six weeks like teaching in depth, this literary analysis content claims, justification, evidence, but we know our students aren't fully going to master it in those six weeks. We don't go into those six, six weeks thinking, okay, they're going to be good with this for the rest of the school year. We go into those six weeks knowing we're laying the foundation so that we can build on everything that they're learning throughout that intense six-week period throughout the rest of the school year. And so what we want to do is we want to give you three ways that you can incorporate literary analysis writing into your classroom and literary analysis discussions into your classroom without your students being like, oh, we have to write another essay because we're not advocating for writing a literary analysis essay every single week or something crazy like that. That's not what it looks like. Um, So we want to give you three actionable ideas that you can take back to your classroom this new school year to really emphasize the importance of literary analysis, to have students be practicing those skills throughout the year in the way that we're talking about that we find extremely beneficial for student learning. 
Yeah. So let's start off with like a really fun one, like you're saying, to get students engaged and excited and not, you know, dreading another essay. So this is something we actually did with our EV Teachers Club members. It was part of their June lesson plan bundle, but you can easily adapt this in your own classroom. And that's, um, or what we did was we made a literary analysis response part of an escape room. So our teachers had the, this short text they gave their students and the students had to read through the text, do all these little puzzles and activities about characterization and plot points. So tons of literary analysis practice. And then every time they solved the puzzle, it kind of gave them this word and all the words got put together into a final like code at the end, which revealed their literary analysis question. So yes, they were still writing an essay, but they got to do all these fun, engaging activities to get them to that point. And what was cool was that the escape room was prepping them for their essay. So by the time they did their essay, they already had their evidence, they already had their justification. And it was kind of at that point, just putting it into the simple framework. And it didn't seem like this daunting, crazy task. It was, you know, very much scaffolded the whole time. So that would be your first idea is make it a little bit fun. Try an escape room or if you have a different idea, great. Give it a try, but it doesn't have to be this traditional essay every single time. Yeah. You're not like setting a timer, 60 minutes, here's your prompt, go. Every time right. we talk oh. about incorporating literary analysis writing, that would make me hate teaching. And Those 60 that. minutes Ugh. that they're sitting there writing, I'm like, what am I going to do? Because right <laughs> I have to watch them. You know, I, I feel like I got to watch my kids because, yes. you know, some of them were sneaky with the with cheating. Um, but we can talk about that on another episode. Um, so the second uh, idea that we have for you to kind of really reinforce literary analysis, um, as you know, the foundations of what you're doing is not going like the typical essay route, but doing something called a graphic essay. And if you haven't seen this before, it's very simple. It really is students writing an essay. It just looks different. Um, so I'll explain it, and but I also want to tell you that we're going to put um, a free download of our graphic essay template for you into the show notes of this episode. So if you go over to the blog, um, you can go to ebacademics.com forward slash 74, like the number 74, and that will take you to the show notes for this episode. So you can go download what I'm talking about right now. Um, but so basically it's just an essay or a piece of paper rather that has different boxes for the different pieces of an essay. So like you would put the essential question in one box and then students would write their claim in another, or they'd have their justification in another place. So really they're still writing an essay. It just looks different. And so they're doing all of the critical thinking that's required of an essay, but in like fun shapes and it makes it seem like they're not actually writing an essay, which is crazy, but it's the truth. <laughs> and they can, you know, doodle on it or you can color in the background. Like just having that little bit of artistic freedom really does make a difference and they don't feel so overwhelmed by the process. But like you said, it's every single part of an essay that they would normally write. Yeah. So we'll include that free download for you guys in the show notes on the blog where um, ebacademics.com forward slash 74, it will be there for you. And our last way that you can incorporate literary analysis in the classroom and not have your students groaning is to use Socratic seminars. And again, we are strong believers in this. Now, this is kind of interesting because students aren't writing here, right? They're using their speaking and listening standards or they're meeting those standards, but they're still talking about a text and supporting their claims with evidence and then justifying their ideas. And by them doing that and listening to their classmates do it, it's actually going to strengthen their writing later on. So I know we always try to incorporate a Socratic seminar into our literature units. And if you have 
you know, students who maybe aren't so experienced with Socratic seminars, or maybe they're on the younger side, fifth or sixth graders, what you can do is give them the questions in advance. That's what I would do for my students. I know it was a little different for you, Caitlin, because you have older students. But I would give my kids the questions the night before usually, and I'd have them write out very simple claim, evidence, justification. So they had their notes that they could refer to during the discussion. So again, they're practicing those parts of the essay, but it's really like a low risk environment. You know, they're just jotting down their notes and still getting used to that academic language and what they need to do for an essay. Something else that I've done too with students who are like nervous about talking in front of a large group and they don't want to share their ideas. And the Socratic seminar is like a little bit awkward when they're first getting to, you know, when they're first familiarizing themselves with that. Um, I've actually done this with my seventh and eighth graders before is I put them in like small Socratic seminar groups. So I'll put like groups of like eight students together. And so four will discuss while four sit on the outer circle and, you know, take notes and keep track of their uh, classmates, their partner's participation. And it actually works really well. The only downside to that is as the teacher, you're not fully engaged in all of the conversations because you're walking around the classroom. But I found that to be a really helpful way to allow students more opportunity to speak as opposed to, you know, I've had classes of 35 students with Socratic seminar can be a little bit challenging. So that's just kind of an adaptation that I've made that I found a lot of success with. I'm glad you said that because that's actually the only way I've done Socratic seminars with my younger students. Perfect. Small group. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. You know, you want to be a part of every conversation. So what I did is I would have like, I set up kind of like stations, I guess. So there would be a group of kids doing a Socratic seminar that I would be a part of a group of kids doing dear time, drop everything and read a group of kids wrapping up our assignment or doing some kind of independent work. And then we'd rotate through the stations and it worked out really well. And that way, like you said, more kids got to participate and I could, you know, easily assess them. Like it was quick. It was maybe a 10, 15 minute Socratic seminar max for each. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I feel like that's perfect, especially for younger kids, fifth grade, like that's a long enough conversation. You know, when you get into like a 30 minute conversation in eighth grade, it can start to drag on a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Um, So those are our three ideas for you that you can start taking into your classroom to incorporate literary analysis what we call our evidence-based writing approach um, to teaching writing, our EB writing approach. And that's to make it a part of an escape room. So make it fun. Maybe you come up with a different idea that they're working with, you know, text and thought-provoking questions and things like that, that all relate to having a claim, finding evidence, and then justifying their reasoning. Then a graphic essay that they could do. Again, we'll include that free download for you, ebacademics.com forward slash 74. And then number three is to incorporate a Socratic seminar using one of the ways that we mentioned. Maybe do small groups, stations like Jessica suggested or whole class. Um, It's totally up to you. You have one more thing? Yeah. Well, I was just going to remind you that it all comes back to like the start of our podcast, right? About 90210 and how they found success in their show because they had episodes all year long. You will find success in your writing program when you do writing all year long. The same type of writing in particular, literary analysis writing. You will see success in all other genres of writing and you will be amazed at how your students grow. That's exactly what I was going to say. How much what you learn in the literary analysis writing framework how much that carries over into being able to write a problem solution essay, a cause and effect essay, compare and contrast essay, descriptive, argumentative, persuasive. I mean, all across the board, the only writing genre that's like 
a little bit too different almost is narrative, but <laughs> narrative ties so beautifully into literary analysis because students learn other types of writing skills with narratives that they bring over into those more analytical, critical thinking essays. Definitely. Love that. Cool. That's a great way to end. <laughs> Um, so I do want to let you guys know we have an awesome new masterclass that we are hosting with you guys. I think, what is the first one on July? July. Yes. I have it right in front of me. Where is it? July 22nd. Perfect. Is that a Tuesday? It is a Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. So we have a new writing masterclass for you guys. It's going to be on July 22nd is the first one. We have four different sessions for you to choose from. And we'll be talking really more in depth about four specific strategies for teaching writing like a pro. So we're going to cover different ways that you can incorporate writing into your classroom. We'll focus on literary analysis. And um, we'll even have a digital component. You know, what are we going to do if we're in an online learning environment still, you know, when we go back to school in August uh, or September, what does that look like? So we're going to help you out um, to really get you set up for success with all of the other types of writing when we go back to school. So if you joined us for our narrative writing masterclass, that was narrative writing. Here we're going to focus on the other styles of writing, those more analytical writing styles. So if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing masterclass, you can sign up for a session for free. We'll be doing a whole Facebook group with bonus trainings and free resources and all kinds of stuff to really help you out. So we're excited about that. July 22nd. <laughs> and, uh, and we hope to see you guys there. Otherwise, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.